if you would turn your Bibles to Matthew 11, if you haven't already. Um, while you do that, I'll go ahead and um, give some uh, context of. So we're coming back to uh, to Matthew 11. Uh, we've been we've taken taken a break. Uh, we've been in the Psalms for a little bit, um, celebrating this past month, um, the holiday of Thanksgiving, and just kind of diving into the uh, the message of um, being thankful. And then um, we spent a little time in um, the New Testament last last week. Um, and so coming back to uh, Matthew, um, we'll remember that Matthew is written to the Jews, to God's chosen people. And, um, and um, this is Matthew's whole point of uh, teaching um, the Jews is, the t- um, speaking this, the gospel of Matthew is basically um, him telling that Jesus fulfilled prophecy. He, fil- he fulfills everything that was um, that was in the Old Testament, the law and the prof- um, the prophets. So everything leading up to the Bible, all the way up to the New Testament, um, all that has been leading towards Jesus. And so we'll see that a little bit in um, as we get into the passage here. Um, so chapters 1 and 2, we went through the genealogy and the birth and infancy of um, the Messiah. Um, we, we see that uh, we, have, we had these long, boring, long list of names that, uh, that leads up and fulfills the birthrights of Jesus, um, leading up from um, starting from David all the way through, uh, or starting from Adam through David and all the way down to... Um, to Christ himself. So that was um, in chapters 1 and 2. Chapters 3 and 4, we look at the baptism. Um, and this is where actually John the Baptist is uh, introduced, and we'll read about him in today's passage. And um, after the, Jesus' baptism, we, uh, we saw that Jesus was tempted for 40 days in the wilderness, and then um, he starts his early ministry starts preaching and teaching um, the kingdom of God is coming. And then five, um, chapters 5 and 7, we see that Jesus um, is preaching a sermon on the mount. So the chapters 5 and 7 covers all of this one sermon that um, was said to be the greatest uh, sermon ever preached. And so um, we, we continue into chapters 8 and 10, which went over the miracles of Jesus. So Jesus um, finishes preaching, and as he's walking down the hill, he's starting to do all these miracles and starting to um, show that he's not just t- um, talking to talk, but he's walking the walk as well. And so um, we see that, and then um, in chapters 8 and 9, and then in 10, he starts teaching his disciples, his 12 disciples, um, and, and um, preparing them to spread the gospel out to the um, whole world. And then we come up to chapters um, 11 and 12, which we're going to go over today, and we start to see a pushback, start to see rejection of Christ and what he's um, preaching to the world. And so we'll see how Jesus responds to that. Um, So I'll go ahead and pray, and we'll get into today's text. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your word. Please let it change our hearts and sit deep in our minds as we as we go through it. Let we meditate and ponder it daily. 
throughout this week and let it uh, let us take this truth and apply it to our lives so that we may live for you and for others not from the works that we do but out of the faith in Christ Jesus alone you are a holy father you are a worthy father worthy to serve we thank you for your love father it's in Christ's name that we pray amen okay Matthew 11, we're going through verses 1 through 19. When Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples, he departed from there to teach and preach in the cities. Now when John, while imprisoned, heard of the works of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and sent to him, Are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you have heard, or what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who does not take offense at me. As these men were going away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Those who wear soft clothing are in king's palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and one who is more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there is not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent men take it by force. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, John himself is Elijah, who was to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But what shall I compare this generation It is like children sitting in the marketplace who call out to the other children and say, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. And Lord, we thank you for this word. We ask you that you would guide us through it now. In your name, amen. So, um, I actually forgot to thank Pastor Gunner for, um, for trusting me with um, preaching today. And um, it's a huge honor for me to be up here in front of you all. And, um, it's helping me overcome a lot of fears of public speaking. And, and um, I thank you for the opportunity. And I also want to thank Pastor Ben, who's not here right now. Um, for discipling me and helping me um, through uh, preparing this message and teaching me how to um, present myself to people and uh, how to um, uh, bring the Word of God and let God um, take over and and speak through me. So um, I I wanted to put out that thanks. Um, So we'll get into the text now. Uh, We've seen verse 1. Jesus finishes giving his disciples instructions. And, um, and now he's 
leaving to go teach and preach in their cities. Right now they're in the city of Galilee, and um, so he's going out to teach and preach around there. And now John the Baptist um, comes into the picture in verses 2 and 3, and we see that um, we've actually went through John the Baptist earlier in um, Matthew chapter th- uh, 3. If you would turn to your Bibles quickly, save your place in, um, in um, Matthew 11. We'll go to Matthew 3. Um, we're going to go through verse 1 and s- through 6. And this is where John the Baptist was first introduced to, in Matthew. And so we'll find out a little bit about who he is and um, why he's in the story today. So, now in those days... John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is the one referred to by Isaiah, the prophet, who said, the prophet, when he said, The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself had a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt and around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem was going out to him, and all Judea and all the district around the Jordan. And they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they confessed their sins. And if we jump down to um, verses 13 and 17, we'll read, Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John, to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I have need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answering said to him, Permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of, the, of God descending as a dove and light, lighting on him. And behold, a voice out of the heavens said, This is my son, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. So, John is a prophet. He's in the wilderness. Now you can turn back to Matthew 11. And um, he, he, um, he's described in Matthew 3 as um, someone who's kind of a wild man, kind of a crazy guy out there. Um, but he's preaching and he's teaching um, about God's kingdom and that it's coming and that the time is now, and he's trying to make way and prepare um, God's people for um, the Messiah who's, who's to come. And so um, he also baptized Jesus, and he witnessed the Holy Spirit coming down um, upon Jesus as he was being baptized. And so, uh, let's see. So how does John the Baptist become um, this person? Who, we see who he was in chapter 3, and then he, he's kind of a different person, it seems, in um, chapter 11. Um, we, we see that um, he's in prison, and he's facing persecution for proclaiming in the wilderness, for, um, for being a prophet and um, teaching about uh, Jesus' coming. And so... When he's in prison, he's he's ultimately going to face death. Um, we'll read later, but he's he's in prison, wondering, you know, is this worth? Is Christ worth being in prison for? Is he worth dying for? And 
So um, when he hears of Christ's work inside uh, prison, he sends word by his disciples to Jesus to, um, to ask him, are you the expected one or are they to look for someone else? So this is a valid question. John's in jail. Um, and just like the Israelites, he has an expectation of who the Messiah was. He recognizes him as he comes to be baptized by him. And then now um, he's being put in jail for what he was doing in the wilderness. And so um, one question that I had when I was studying through this, um, through this passage was, what, are, what is this expectation? Who is this expected one that they're expecting? Um, if we turn Bibles to Genesis 3, we go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, and um, we'll see that the first mention of the Messiah um, is in chapter 3, verses 15. It reads here, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Um, So when it talks about... um, between your seed and her seed, God is talking to the devil right now. Um, and he's saying that there will be this um, this enmity, this uh, fight between um, humanity and, um, and Satan. And so uh, he right here when he says her seed, um, he's referring to um, Christ right there coming as um, as someone who will bruise your head. Um, If we read the NIV version of this passage, it says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And so um, the God's chosen people, the Jews, have this image of this promised one who's coming, who's going to crush the head. Um, I really like how the NIV um, says it. He's going to crush the head of um, the one who strikes our heel. And so, um, in the beginning, we see this promise of this um, someone who's going to deliver us from this enemy of mankind. Um, now, if we turn to Numbers 24, verse 17, um, we also see um, a similar theme here. Um, right now, um, the Israelites have just been um, freed from Egypt. And they're going from, um, they're going into the wilderness from Egypt, being led by Moses, and um, they come up to their, they come to a, a prophet, who um, says in Numbers, I see him, but not, uh, this is um, verse 17, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come forth. From Jacob, a scepter shall rise from Israel and shall crush through the forehead of Moab and tear down all the sons of Sheth. So again, we see this theme of crushing the forehead of um, the enemy of God's people. <clears throat> and so this is that promise that, uh, that these people, this is the expected one, that they're, they're, they have this image. Um, also in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul encourages the church of Romans in Romans 16:20, he says, "The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. His grace of our Lord Jesus, 
be with you. And so um, from this, the, the Jews right now, um, going back to Matthew 11, they are um, experiencing a political um, uh, oppression from the Roman government. The Israelites are, um, are being ruled by the Romans, and they are... Um, um, they are oppressing them and ruling over them, and they want to be. Uh, they want. They don't have a king right now. They they are being ruled by the Roman government, and so they're looking for a political power to rise up and to deliver them from this oppression, and um, and even maybe a military power to come and crush God's enemies, the the enemies of God's chosen people, and so. Um, so that's this idea of what the God's people have, and this is who um, possibly what John has in mind of who Jesus is. And then Jesus comes out, and he's um, loving people, he's healing people, he's teaching about the kingdom of God, but he's not delivering them from what they they expected him to be doing. And so they have this a different idea of who Christ is. So we continue in um, Matthew 11 verses 4 and 5, Jesus answers to John um, to tell John what um, they hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor hear the gospel. So Jesus right here is actually referring to Scripture. And um, I find it interesting how um, Jesus actually, um, he's... um, John the Baptist is in prison right now, and he's hearing of the works of Christ, and then Jesus answers him, these are the works that I'm doing. So that's his answer. So it's kind of a circular um, question and answer. But um, Jesus is actually using um, Scripture and referring to Isaiah 35, verse 5, um, when he says, um, Isaiah actually prophesied this of the Messiah thousands of years before. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. And so um, Jesus is referring to this. He's saying, I'm doing exactly what was prophesied in the Old Testament. And um, this, is, this is my answer to you. This is, how, um, this is how you are to know that I am the Messiah because it's been um, said before. And so in verses, uh, in verse 6, he says at the end, Blessed are those who do not take offense of me. Um, so, I used to, um, before I played rugby, I used to take Taekwondo. I actually um, used to be very timid, and um, I used to play soccer before that, and I would be uh, kind of a gentle giant on the field. And so my parents actually put me into Taekwondo to start taking um, um, classes to uh, help me with my um, uh, aggressiveness. I was, I was being too gentle playing soccer. And so um, eventually I, yeah, so eventually I went and, um, and started taking classes. And I, I had this friend that... Um, that uh, I took classes with and trained with. 
And um, it turns out we both liked the same style of music. Um, the style of music was called ska, and my favorite band was the OC Supertones at that time. They still are actually my favorite um, band. And, um, and so we were talking about um, our interest in bands and of ska, and then I told him about my favorite band, um, the OC Supertones, who are a Christian ska band. And, um, and then I asked, oh, have you heard of uh, the Supertones? And he said, no, I haven't. And I said, oh, um, they're a really good band. You should check them out. He's like, oh, I wonder why I haven't heard of them. And I was like, oh, maybe because um, they're a Christian ska band. And he's like, oh, they're Christian. He's like, oh, that sucks. That's, that's what he's told me. And so when, I, when he told me this, I was probably like, I don't know, 11 or 12. Um, I, I felt um, this kind of, um, kind of oppression from him. I felt like it was a, a bad thing to be a Christian. Like, oh, wow, like he doesn't think that's a cool thing to be, you know, or to be into this Christian band. And so um, I, I feel like this is kind of what John um, might be feeling when he's in prison. And, this, and Jesus sends him encouragement. Do not, uh, blessed are those who do not take offense of me. Um, blessed is he who does not take offense at me. So Jesus is trying to encourage him. Don't be ashamed of me. I am who you said I was originally in the wilderness. And so have faith in me. Um, and so we continue in verses, uh, in verse 7. John's disciple leave, and then Jesus starts speaking to the crowd. Um, so Jesus was speaking and teaching his 12 disciples, and now he's going out to teach and preach. John's um, disciples come, and they ask him, uh, bring, they bring this message of, from John the Baptist, and then as they're going, as they're um, talking to Jesus, this crowd forms um, as often as it happens, actually. It happens quite often in the, as Jesus starts speaking. There's usually a crowd that forms. And so um, Jesus turns, and as the disciples are leaving, he starts speaking to the crowd that's there. And he asks them um, a rhetorical question. Uh, he starts asking them rhetorical questions. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? So he, this is, um, Jesus is using an illustration of someone who's like a pushover, someone who's moved by the bad things that happen. Or, um, so John being locked up into uh, prison. He's, uh, th- this is um, as, as he's in prison and he's having his doubts, Jesus is saying, did you go out to see John the Baptist in the wilderness just to see him being pushed by the wind, pushed by everything, every bad thing that happens? And, um, and then he continues in verse 8, but what did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing. Those who wear soft clothing are in king's palaces. And so um, um, back then and even now, um, usually people that are, are rich and can afford soft clothing. It's kind of a, um, a um, luxury of life. And so I kind of picture um, soft clothing as like um, at home we have these um, blankets from Costco that are really warm, really fuzzy, and they're very, very soft. They're, I don't know how they get them so soft, but it's amazing. 
and they're the best things to take naps in. And, um, and so I kind of pictured this like soft clothing as like something like these blankets. Um, I can only imagine like um, people wearing clothing that's as soft as those blankets. Like that that'd be quite a luxury, it seems. But um, I imagine maybe someone in like uh, the White House, maybe Obama or his his men, kind of as a reference to what Jesus is saying. Those who wear um, soft clothing. Uh, live in palaces. Well, I kind of picture the White House as like a palace and the people in there having super soft clothing. So that's kind of an illustration that uh, I, I see that Jesus uses. Um, and in verse 9, he continues, But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, and I tell you, one who is more than a prophet. Um, so Jesus makes his point. Um, he comes to the point. He's asking rhetorical questions. No, no, no. Okay, this is the one that you went out to see. You went out to see a prophet. Um, and then in verse 10, he continues, This is the one about whom it is written, Behold, I send a messenger ahead of you who, pre- who will prepare your way before you. And so um, Jesus, again, references Scripture here. He goes to Malachi 3, um, verse 1, if you would want to turn your pages um, over to... It's the book just before Matthew. And... Um, it's in chapter 3, and um, Jesus is, um, like I said, he's referring to Scripture. This is, the, this is the prophet that you went out to see. This, is, has, this prophet that came to prophesy of me, he's been prophesied in Malachi. And, um, and so we read, Behold, I am going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. And so, again, Jesus shows that he's fulfilling prophecy. He's, um, as Matthew writes the gospel, he's fulfilling prophecy left and right here. And um, in verse 11, he says, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So Jesus defends John now. He um, starts giving him actually very high praise, saying that among those born of women, there has not risen, arisen um, anyone greater than him, which is a huge um, compliment. Can you imagine Jesus saying that about you? Like, you're, um, there's no one greater than you, basically, is what he's saying. Um, so I, I think that's pretty amazing, coming from the King of Kings, coming from the Messiah. The, he was there at the beginning and created the whole world. Um, and now he's here in human uh, form, and he's saying this about John the Baptist. So um, John the Baptist is actually um, greater than the Old Testament prophets um, because he prophesied and he... Um, got to see the fulfillment of what he was prophesying as he was doing it. Um, and uh, he didn't actually get to see the full fulfillment because he was actually killed before Jesus um, went to the cross. But he he's here stuck in um, jail and ultimately facing death. And so he... it It's has to take a lot of faith to be able to go through that type of persecution and um, 
and to still be faithful in um, Christ. And so that's why Jesus gives him this high praise. And, um, and in the last part of this, um, Jesus says, Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And so um, all the believers after the cross will be greater than John the Baptist, Jesus is saying, because you won't only um, see, you won't be needing the faith to believe that I'm going to do what I'm going to do on the cross, but you'll actually see it happen, and you will know that it is the truth. And um, and so we'll we'll be able to experience like with full understanding of of Christ's full atoning, the atoning of Christ, and um, and so that's what it means by the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So um, if we go to John fourteen, um, the Gospel of John fourteen. 12, um, we'll read that Jesus says, um, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. So, everything that Jesus has done, he's saying here in the um, Gospel of John, that all these miracles, all these um, healings, all these gifts, Everything that he's done, we will be able to do them and more, even greater, because he's going to the Father, um, interceding for us. And um, and I think that ties into what he means by um, will be greater than um, than John the Baptist, um, the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven, is greater than he. So that's that's a pretty powerful statement that. Um, that the Gospel of John says, and then here's um, here it is in Matthew as he says it. Um, in verse 12, we continue. Um, Jesus continues saying, "From the the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent men take it by force." Um, I struggled trying to understand this verse, and then I was reading different translations and. Um, I read the NLT version, which really cleared it up for me. It says, And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and violent people are attacking it. So until, um, from the time when uh, when John is in the wilderness and he's um, prophesying of Jesus coming and making way and preparing um, God's people for Jesus, the kingdom of heaven has been um, advancing um, forcefully, and violent people are attacking it. It says in the NLT, so it's kind of self-explanatory. There's that um, that uh, pushback from the rejection. That's kind of what we've been seeing. Um, th- that's that's the way a lot of people are um, handling the the gospel message. Um, and so in verse 13, we see. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. So all the prophets um, we see as an example earlier, um, as in Isaiah 43, um, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Um, that was in 
that's in Isaiah 43, um, and it was also referenced in um, Matthew th- um, chapter 3 when we were learning about who John the Baptist was. And then again in Malachi um, 3, verse 1, Behold, I am going to send a messenger. Um, they all prophesied until John, basically. So, um, yeah, so all these prophets until John um, um, were prophesying of, of this moment. And so, um, actually, in, in Malachi, there's a, roughly a f- uh, 400 years of silence until John the Baptist came. So that's also why um, God's chosen people, the Jews, are waiting um, and expecting this, this one to be... Um, this one to come. So they're expecting a prophet to come and um, prepare them, and then they're expecting the Messiah himself to come. And so, um, and so that's what we see here. And then um, even the law, it says, for all the law and the prophets, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. So even the law in the Old Testament um, of Jesus, the law itself would would um, prophesy that Jesus was to come. If we look at um, Galatians 5, verse 14, um, it says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then in John, um, the Gospel of John 15, um, verse 13, it says, "Greater Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. And then in John 3:16 uh, we we read for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so um, we see that Jesus fulfilled this law. He um, he all the law is um, uh, fulfilled in the one statement, um, love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus fulfilled that when he died for his friends. And um, so that's that's something looking back that we get to see and why we're um, why we can be even greater than John the Baptist. Um, and in verse 14 of Matthew 11, we continue. And if you are willing to accept it, John himself is Elijah, who was to come. And so, um, going back to Malachi, uh, when he was prophesying about um, John the Baptist, we read in um, Malachi um, chapter 4, verse 5, Behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. So, um, John is the last um, Old Testament prophet and um, that's why he's compared to Elijah. And um, in the previous chapter, in chapter 10 of, of Matthew, um, Daniel, when he spoke a couple of weeks ago, he, um, he went through this passage here in Matthew 10, um, verse 40 and 41. We read, He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me... And he... Sorry. Let me read this over again. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. 
He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall shall receive a righteous man's reward. So if you remember um, uh, a couple weeks ago when Daniel was preaching, um, he was talking about that reward. And um, and um, the reward is, is heaven. And he gave this great illustration of, uh, of how today we see how beautiful the world is. And we see um, even though it's tainted by sin, it's still... Um, a beautiful world, and then that was only created in seven days, uh, six days, and and so Jesus, two thousand years ago, when he died and went um, and rose from the grave, and then he went to heaven. He's been preparing us a place, heaven, from then until now, and so um, Jesus, um, Daniel got really excited when he's. Um, share this illustration that you know this this is our reward that God is creating this amazing place for us to be um, after we die and we go to heaven and so um, this is what Jesus has been doing since his um, since he rose and then went to heaven and so that that's what we went over in um in Matthew 10 but here, before that, um, Jesus starts talking about the reward. He starts saying that he who receives me, so he who hears me, he who um, accepts that I am who um, John the Baptist said I am, and I am who all the prophets before him uh, said. Um, Jesus prophesies himself here in Matthew 10, and only moments after we actually see the prophecy fulfilled um, right here as um, as these people are starting to um, not re- not receive him not they're starting to reject him um, for who he says he is so in verse fifteen um, in chapter eleven of Matthew um, Jesus finishes he who has ears to hear let him hear so just kind of confirming, you know, if you've heard this truth, you know, if he who receives you receives me, um, this is, uh, hopefully you're following my, my train of thought here, but um, he's, he's saying, if you are willing to listen to my prophet John, and if you're willing to listen to me about who we are both are saying who we are, um, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So let him hear this truth. Um, this phrase actually is a really powerful phrase that Jesus uses later on in Revelations when he's writing to the seven churches. Um, uh, he writes seven letters to the seven churches. And at the end of every single um, every single verse of, um, of the letter, he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so um, uh, he's kind of saying the same thing right here, same type of um, punchline, I guess you could say. Um, And we continue in Matthew 11, verses 16 through 19. So to finish off the um, chapter here, um, Jesus says, 
But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace who call out to the other children and say, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Here Jesus is saying that if you don't accept me for who I say I am, and if you don't um, accept who John says I am, you've become like these children who are saying, we, we played this tune for you and you didn't dance. We even sang this um, funeral song, which is what a dirge is, and you didn't even cry for us. So um, Jesus, Jesus is saying that that's, that's what your guys... Um, he, he uses that as an illustration. And then he, um, he's, he's basically saying that you aren't happy either way. Um, you, you had my prophet here. Um, and he, he came eating, neither eating nor drinking. He didn't do all these things. And you call him a crazy person, someone who's demon-possessed. And then um, I myself come, Jesus himself comes, um, eating and drinking, they say that he's a drunkard and a uh, gluttonous man. And so, um, either way, they're not accepting what what is being told. And um, and then to to uh, conclude here, Jesus finishes in Matthew um, chapter eleven, verse nineteen. He says, "Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds." So he turns it back around, going back to deeds. Um, this is the original question that John heard. You know, Jesus is doing these works. And then he questioned Jesus. And then Jesus answers him in the same way. Look at the works that I've done. Look at these deeds. And then um, um, this is actually similar to uh, in James um, 2. It's also... Um, said that wisdom is proven by deeds. Um, and the whole chapter talks about that. Um, uh, so, no, um, pardon me. In verse 19, wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. In James 2, it's, um, it talks about faith is proven by deeds. So in the same way, wisdom and faith um, are proven by the works, the deeds that we do. And so... Um, Jesus didn't just say that he was doing these things. He's, he actually did them. And we, we witnessed that a few months ago when uh, we went through chapters um, 8 and 9. Um, in chapters 8, 1, verse, uh, verse 1 and 3, Jesus cleanses the leper. And then in chapter 9, um, verses 2 and 7, Jesus tells a paralyzed man to get up and walk. Uh, in Matthew chapter 9, Verses 18 through 23, Jesus raises a girl from the dead. Um, in Matthew 9:27 through 30, Jesus makes two blind men see. And this is all back to back. This is all within the same chapter or the same two chapters. And it, I believe it's even told um, within the same day. All these things Jesus did. These are all the um, miracles that he performed. And... 
And so these are his deeds, um, and his wisdom is, is proven by these deeds. And so, um, and so that's everything that we have for the text today. Um, and the main things that we, we see through this is that, um, that Jesus did all these things, and then John had, these, had his doubts when he's locked up in prison. Jesus um, um, encourages John and even um, lifts up John. And then um, he makes a point that the people um, rejected the prophet John and, um, and they rejected him as the Messiah, as the promised one. And then John said that Jesus was the Messiah and Jesus said that he, John was right. So he, um, throughout the story, um, that's something that um, Jesus kept going back to, showing all these prophecy, and that's how uh, Matthew tells the story. And um, the main problem with this, though, is that the Jews um, had this expectation of who Jesus was, and, and um, they were looking for a political savior, a military um, powerhouse to come and crush the heads of this um, oppression that they are feeling and deliver them from a current um, immediate trouble that they're going through. And what Jesus came down to do was not that. He, he had a different purpose. He came down to uh, deliver them from um, a longer-lasting, uh, eternal sin, that um, a trouble that they they didn't see, but is more long-lasting, will actually um, affect them for the rest of their lives in this life and in the next. And so, um, this is this is the gospel. This is what Jesus came down and witnessed for us. And um, this is something that um, we we can't lose sight of. This is um, constantly. I'm going back and relearning hearing the gospel, the simple gospel message of who Jesus was. And um, Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Um, for those who haven't heard the gospel, this is, this is the way. This is Jesus and what he was all about. And so... I'd like to conclude with um, the verse John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so this is our hope that we have in him. This is um, this is our joy. This is w- why we live. It's for him. And um, I'd like to pray now and uh, ask the uh, the band to come up. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for this day and for uh, your deliverance from our sin. Thank you for your goodness, Lord, your new mercies that you have for us every day. We are so eternally grateful for what you did, that you didn't cave in when you sent your son down, when you Jesus didn't cave in 
Thank you for sending us John the Baptist beforehand to tell of who your son would be and that he would prophesy of Jesus and that Jesus himself would fulfill this prophecy. Thank you that we have this evidence, that we have this this book that has been written, your word. We thank you for this, Lord, that we have this confirmation in you. That's in Christ's good name we pray. Amen.